This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. Shavuotov, how are you? Bokertov, Shavuotov. Um, day 150 mm. of Operation Swords of Iron, and um, probably more importantly, day 150 in captivity uh, for so many of our hostages. Um, and we, as, as the days go on, we just seem to um, be able to accept less and less the situation that we find ourselves in. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot to talk about today because um, there's a lot of action going on. Let's not forget that um, Ramadan, the holy month, the Muslim holy month of Ramadan begins in another week from now. And there's been a lot of focus on trying to um, trying to resolve something, to, to create some sort of a positive atmosphere, um, if at all possible, surrounding Ramadan, whether it be reach some sort of an agreement over a hostage release or potentially um, from another angle, um, agree some sort of a ceasefire. Um, but unfortunately, um, there just seem to be so many obstacles in the way of making any progress at all. Um, I've noticed that US President Joe Biden um, has been very, very keen to somehow make an announcement about Ramadan. He, he, he's been saying already for the last couple of weeks, we hope to have something in place by Ramadan. The whole thing of Ramadan seems to be very much focusing his attention. And I think he wants to be able to stand up to his electorate, um, to the Muslim element of his mm. electorate and say, you know, we've managed to make some achievements as a U.S. authority, a U.S. government, uh, to bring some uh, relief, to bring some achievements before Ramadan. But I think that, in, if, if anything, um, Ramadan is uh, causing people to be a little bit even more... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm finding it so confusing than more because, because we seem to be seeing a push for more violence from Hamas during Ramadan. So I, I, I'm, I'm battling well, I to put true. this together. To try and understand this so so i mean hamas's strategy has always been to create a feeling of hatred amongst the palestinian street towards israel and towards the west in general and more suffering means more hatred that's the way that this particular equation works the more suffering they can create the more they can feel that people are not a very understanding of their requirements, of their suffering, of their culture, and the greater the hatred that is built up. And so I think there is a strategy that's being followed at the moment that says if um, no uh, achievements are reached before Ramadan, then people, the, the average Muslim on the ground, will feel that the West has uh, been uh, uh, anti-Muslim in their approach not to somehow 
create a feeling of positive atmosphere surrounding Ramadan. And what's been quite interesting on the Israeli side of Ramadan is that um, minister in government uh, had originally, uh, it took Mark Ben-Gvir, he'd originally decided that there was going to be a significant limitation to the number of people who would be allowed on the Temple Mount to pray during Ramadan. It's traditionally um, a, a time when tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Muslims come to Jerusalem and come to the Temple Mount to pray, especially on the Fridays, the four Fridays that fall within Ramadan. And he issued a statement in his capacity as a Minister of Internal Security saying that he will limit the people who come to the Temple Mount to pray. There didn't seem to be a lot of logical reasoning behind his announcement and lo and behold has been overruled by the Prime Minister and the Prime Minister said that whatever restrictions he decided to put in place will be taken away and in fact there will not be those restrictions. There will of course be some restrictions surrounding those who come to the Temple Mount and pray in Ramadan but nowhere near the restrictions that were originally uh, imposed including no men of a certain age mm -hmm. uh, and in fact uh, no, you know, there were, there were, the restrictions were quite severe. Those have now all been removed uh, from the Israeli governmental perspective to allow freer movement over Ramadan in Jerusalem uh, and particularly to the Temple Mount. Um, and then, you know, what we've seen on another side of this coin are these airdrops of aid, which are being dropped particularly by Jordan and by the United States, who've also taken now to dropping aid into Gaza by air with coordination with Israel. And I need to emphasize that, that this is all being done with full cooperation of the Israeli side um, and full coordination with the Israeli side. And this is to try to overcome the, uh, um, the, the, the violence that was going on at the crossings when trucks were being brought into the Gaza Strip with aid loaded on them. Drivers, a number of drivers have actually been killed, drivers of those trucks, the aid trucks have been killed by people trying to get the aid off the truck, trying to steal it before it goes to Hamas. Some of those drivers have been killed by Hamas people who are trying to make sure that the goods on the truck don't get stolen before Hamas can put their hands on it. There's been massive drama and, and massive violence surrounding these trucks. And of course, this has led to the so-called aid truck uh, um, incident, which Israel has been blamed for killing quite a number of um, individuals who apparently got hold of an aid truck uh, in order to try to steal its goods. And um, uh, once again, this is one of those incidents which Israel is being blamed for, when in fact the, the responsible party is Hamas on the ground, because it, the Israeli troops are clearly seen to be protecting themselves to the extent that people are coming to threaten them and to try somehow uh, to, to, to put them in danger. But in terms of Israel getting involved in the violence, the stampede. People were killed in the stampede. Forget about what the, the violence that went on mm, when mm. the Hamas operatives tried to uh, police things. Um, but um, that whole uh, aid truck incident is just like the hospital incident when it was finally discovered that actually it wasn't an Israeli bomb that uh, damaged the hospital, but in fact it was a Hamas uh, bomb, a Hamas missile that had been launched and that uh, went wrong and that actually um, landed on the hospital and killed those people in the hospital. But of course it was very convenient to um, 
to, to blame Israel for that. So there's been a lot going on over the weekend. One of the, uh, one of the more uh, enlightening pictures that I've seen this morning is a picture of the contents of a USA package that's been airdropped over Gaza. Um, and to compare it to the Jordanian air packages Ooh, that that's been dropped over fun. Gaza. Mm. Uh, and it is quite fun because we understand that in the USA package, it contains four complete meals. So four meals for an individual to eat. It also has Tabasco sauce, <laughs> salt, sugar, and Skittles. For those of you who like That's your so Skittles. Um, wow. um, whereas I'm told that a Jordanian package mm -hmm. only has three meals and doesn't have the Skittles um, and also doesn't have Tabasco sauce. So it has just just the three meals and apparently some coffee um, from the Jordanian side. So if you're someone who likes your Tabasco sauce, so then apparently- but It's such a weird thing, isn't it? Like of all things that you need to drop as, as emergency aid, I wouldn't have thought Tabasco sauce is one of them. Skittles, I get, well, Skittles I get because, you know, the kids there and a little bit of, you know, a, a something, a little bit of joy and a little bit of sugar, it's, it, it's probably can just, I don't know, help people a little bit. But Tabasco sauce, I don't know, I just find it so weird. So the coffee I get um, from the Jordanian side, that's, that would be much, uh, much yes, appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, that's really um, uh, what's been happening on the ground um, more or less, I mean, obviously trying to summarize as much of it as possible because there's really just so much going on and so much political um, innuendo and, mm, and, and mm. Uh, the, the pressure, the political pressure from all sides. Now we see the US vice president coming out criticizing Israel for not allowing aid into Gaza. Where is Hamas's responsibility in all of this craziness? Why is no, well, Hamas everything has that happens? That, that's what I find so bizarre. The Hamas has been in, in, in our press, in the whole dialogue, Hamas is given a free pass. It's even to the extent that if you talk it. about hostages, I'll get people saying, yeah, well, Israel's bombed the hostages. They've killed them. Israel's killed the hostages. And like, you think, where do you even start with this? Well, why were they there in the first place? Hamas is given a complete, complete immunity when it comes to anything that they've done. And I don't understand. And, and there's always this caveat. Yes, we condemn October the 7th. Yes, done. So now that box is checked. You can hear it's not meant. It's just a, a statement. But any real responsibility from that moment onwards is Israel's. It's just remarkable. Um, and it's phenomenal. And, and, and the, crazy, the craziness with the aid, the way that the aid is being stolen by sure. Hamas, and yet Israel is being blamed. Um, and of course, hostage families are trying to prevent the aid from going into Gaza because I can see their point. They're saying, why should Gazans be allowed to receive aid when we are not being allowed to receive our family members back from from being helped, being held hostage and everything that you do to help their cause goes against our cause because it just gives them more incentive to hold those hostages for longer and we've got to do everything that we can in order to create incentive for them to return our hostages rather than for them to keep them. So, so there's so much contradictory interest going on at the moment. And of course, at the helm, you know, the US administration and other governments are now saying uh, the longer that this goes on, the more Israel is responsible. It's, it's just uh, an incredible, really incredible. The, what I am a little bit confused about with the uh, hostage negotiation is, 
In November, when the hostage, last hostage deal took place, Israel didn't get a list of hostages that were in captivity. They didn't even know who was going to be released until, I believe, the day before. Is there, is there a reason for a difference in approach here where Israel is saying it needs to know that uh, who the hostages are uh, in, in, uh, and, uh, and that this is on the table? So just to, to put a little bit more color in this for some of those listeners who might be not be aware of everything that's going on, um, there are negotiations going on in Cairo right now as we speak. We understand that a Qatari delegation, that a Hamas delegation and a U.S. delegation are meeting in Cairo and that Israel has refused to send its own delegation to negotiate on the issue of a hostage exchange. And the reason that is being put forward by the Israeli government is because Hamas has refused to provide a list of those Israelis who are alive and could potentially be exchanged in a hostage deal. And so Howard rightly asks why now, when during the previous deal, um, Israel didn't demand this list. And I think that the reason, there's a, there, there are probably two or three good reasons why Israel would want a list. First of all, Hamas has been playing this awful um, a, a, a psychological warfare with Israel by releasing videos of hostages claiming that people are dead or that Israel has killed some of the hostages. They recently made an announcement saying that something like 70 of the hostages, of the 130-odd hostages that are being held, according to Israel's list, have been killed or, or not alive, uh, in, no longer alive in, in Gaza. And that's Hamas playing psychological warfare with us. So Israel has turned around and said, okay, if that's the case, then let's continue down this track. If you're claiming that 70 of our hostages are killed, who is alive? When you come in to negotiate a hostage exchange deal, I want to know what assets you are holding to uh, to give us an incentive to negotiate with you. Because don't forget, Israel is going to the saying, we're going to give a whole bunch of things in return for which we want our hostages back. But we've no idea which of the hostages are alive, which of the hostages they even know where their whereabouts are, which of the hostages are available to be released. We want to know what the deal is. And until we know what it is that we could potentially be receiving back, it becomes very, very difficult to enter into any negotiation to give up on things, to allow a ceasefire to go on for a certain period of time or to agree uh, prisoner uh, releases when you don't know what you're getting in return. It's all kind of a lottery or if indeed you're going to be getting anything in return. Now, I know that um, there is uh, there are stages, certainly the previous hostage exchange deal had stages. First of all, Israel ceasefire, although the troops were not removed from Gaza, then hostages were released and after that Palestinian prisoners were released. That's the way that the, the process went and I'm expecting that there's going to be something similar mm, this mm. time around as well along those lines. But even for Israel to agree to a ceasefire even for one day is a massive compromise because the soldiers are stationed in Gaza every day that we ceasefire means we are unable to get at the tunnels in Khan Yunus or the other military infrastructure that continues to exist in Gaza, that is a massive compromise. So, so we need to know what it is that we are negotiating in favor of 
in order for us to even begin these negotiations. And I think that there is a certain psychological element that's being influenced, that's being exercised here by, by Israel as well. Not only Hamas can play this psychological warfare, but Israel is able to do so as well. And of course, in, in return, Israel is being blamed for not being willing to negotiate hostages. So um, I don't really know where all of this is going to go. We really don't have any proper idea of in, who, if any of our hostages are still alive in Gaza. And in order to negotiate a, 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 a reasonable deal where you enter into a ceasefire for a certain period of time, I guess it makes sense for you to know what it is that you're going to be receiving in return. Let's just also remember that there is no possible prospect any at all that Hamas will release all of the hostages and mm. all of the bodies. Mm. No possible prospect. Because the moment they've done that, they've given up on all of their bargaining chips and all bets are off. So one thing that you can be sure about is that they, will always, they are always going to retain something or someone uh, to retain some sort of a bargaining chip. Uh, Anthony Reich, thank you as always. Before I let you go, I see that Karen says if South Africa were sending a, a drop, she would include pup and gravy. So if you were South African and you were, uh, we had to drop some food aid into Gaza, and the Americans dropped Skittles and Tabasco sauce, the, amongst other things, the Jordanians dropped coffee, uh, what would we as uh, South Africans drop that would uh, let them know that this came from us. And now Lady Pando is not an answer. We can't drop her as much as we would like to. It is eight o'clock. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Amen.